Hi guys, this is Coco from Reality-Based Mindfulness. I'm new to Anchor. My podcast usually runs on SoundCloud, so you may not have um, the background or um, my full bio, which I've gone into in previous podcasts. Um, but I thought I would just get stuck into, um, get straight into the content content that I wanted to um, discuss in this um, episode um, of my podcast. So um, I thought I would just um, jump straight in and begin um, um, streaming this on Anchor, and and I'll go and share that back on SoundCloud. So those of you out there who are familiar with me on SoundCloud, don't worry, I'll get this up um, on that platform soon. But I thought I would um, try Anchor um, and and see how we go. Um, So uh, just a a little bit about me for those of you who don't know me. Um, My name is Coco Nkrumah. I'm a mindfulness educator based in Melbourne, Australia. I I run workplace um, training programs, um, courses to the general public and one-on-one, um, Skype and, and sessions with people. Um, my background with mindfulness has come from, um, the wisdom traditions of the East. Um, I began my, my journey, um, through practicing Chinese martial arts and, and got an interest in, um, Chinese Taoism and, um, Zen Buddhism and, and Hinduism. So along with some self-study in the wisdom traditions, I've also um, done um, training and self-development in, in the Western modalities of mindfulness, such as your MBSR, um, acceptance and commitment therapy, and so on and so forth. Um, but enough about my background, as I didn't really want to go too much into that. Um, in this um, podcast, I'd like to talk about um, cultural tran- transmission. Um, it's really under really important to understand what cultural transmission is when we're talking about um, spiritual modalities. Uh, And the reason I'm talking about this is because I think it has relevance um, when we're talking about um, modalities or spiritual traditions that become secularized or become um, quite popular in in the Western culture. Um, Now, when I talk about cultural transmission or another way we could look at it is is spiritual transmission the reason i'm talking about culture here is because different cultures um transmit teachings in a different way we're talking about spiritual teachings here um why it's interesting to have this conversation is because not all um cultures have a tradition of transmitting a teaching in a particular way, a spiritual teaching in a particular way. Um, and it's really important to acknowledge that if we're going to try and learn that that particular spiritual tradition in a Western context, the reason we're having this conversation is because um, I find that as a mindfulness educator, a lot of the um, studies are validating um, the modalities or the, or the transmission of um, spiritual traditions in the East in the form of meditation, in the form of sitting practice. Um, and we know now that there's a lot of scientific backing um, that supports mindfulness in, in reducing stress, in overcoming um, addiction, recovery, overcoming trauma. Um, and there's been a lot of studies around that. Um, and I think that's a very important um, aspect for it to become popular to the to the greater public and to cross um, you know different cultural demographics. Um, I guess the, the Western scientific method has a way of validating 
information and maybe making it more accessible um, and more accepted um, to a larger demographic of of people living in the Western in the world, living in the Western world. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I think it's really important to note um, that. Because there's a lot of um, scientific validation around mindfulness, it gives it a sense of um, legitimacy. Um, and I think that's comforting when we're working with people in, in um, you know, psychological settings or healthcare settings. But I also like to acknowledge that um, there is different ways that teachings and ideas and practices can be transmitted and when I say transmitted, I mean sort of talked, taught or shared. Um, now, why I'm talking about this is because I find that when we move to different ways of transmitting spiritual teachings, um, we have, I think in the West, um, there's a bit of a challenge or a, a bit of a bridge to to to. to um, a bridge to get over in in relation to understanding different spiritual teachings. Now, um, arguably, you know, in the West, we could we could we could all say that um, yoga, um, you know, and of maybe the last ten years or so, uh, mindfulness meditation have gained quite quite a, an amount of popularity, and and they and they've sort of assimilated into um, a lot of Western culture, um, along with I would say you know Chinese medicine. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm singling these type of modalities out and Chinese medicine also is because they have their roots in spirituality, um, Eastern spirituality. <clears throat> when I talk about Chinese medicine, I'm also encompassing, you know, moxibustion, um, um, acupressure, acupuncture, um, herbal medicine, um, feng soy, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of um, modalities that um, have been accepted in the in the Western world, um, and I find when we talk about other um, when I have conversations with other um, uh, meditation teachers, mindfulness educators, yoga teachers, um, even other sort of spiritual um, practitioners, when we talk about different types of spiritual transmission. Um, there is a, a maybe a cloud of doubt around the conversation. So a way of transmitting a Buddhist teaching may be a, a particular type of meditation, maybe a loving kindness meditation, um, or a mantra, or um, you know, um, if it's if it's in the yogic tradition, it may be a, yo a, a set of yoga poses. Um, and then you know, in the West, we could all agree that they're beneficial, and they've you know at least a lot with the mindfulness and meditation have had a lot of scientific backing behind it. So we're more easier to accept that. But when we talk about different ways that other traditions transmit teachings, such as a lot of indigenous um, indigenous um, spiritual traditions, such as you know the First Nations people of Australia. Um, and also, you know, different native um, in First Nations people of, you know, the Americas, you know, the, the native native Indians and, and different um, traditions in in Africa. Um, there's, there's, I guess there's a little bit of cloud of doubt as to their efficacy and their um, authenticity. <laughs> and it's really interesting when we talk about Buddhism that... Um, across the board with mindfulness educators also and and authorities on on applying mindfulness and meditation in a healthcare setting most people pledge allegiance to buddhism meaning 
they they see the the tradition um, that mindfulness and, and meditation has come from that sort of tradition, which isn't actually true. Mindfulness is, is I think, is universal under universal insight, a universal um, um, capability that that has crossed different cultures from the you know the the ancient Taoist philosophers to the ancient Stoic Greek philosophers to everything in between. Um, so there's legitimacy with um, a lot of the Eastern teachings, but other indigenous teachings, I think it loses um, their their spiritual traditions or spiritual transmission um, loses um, maybe legitimacy or there's a cloud of doubt as to what it is or if it can be helpful in a therapeutic setting. And the reason that is is because um, <clears throat> there are many ways to skin a cat. Um, let me use the example of um, Zen Buddhism. So in Zen Buddhism, there's um, there's this idea of a koan, which which some sects use, some um, Zen Buddhist sects use, some don't, um, some very much stick to the Zazen um, formal meditation, but some use koans. And, and what a koan is is it's it's like a riddle that um, encourages the 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 person to um to figure out this what this um experience of zen is this experience of you know conscious awareness or, or buddha mind or the, the non-dual state of um that experience of awareness but the these these sort of riddles um they're, they're a bit of a paradox um you know we all sort of know what's the sound of one hand clapping or there's other ones such as does a dog have a buddha's nature and and, the, and the, they go on but I guess the aim of the koan isn't for intellectual understanding, more of an experiential insight or awakening, which in the Zen tradition they may call satori. Um, but this is a, a sort of a riddle that has, um, or more of a, a question, a, a, a question, a, a line, a very short sort of um, riddle, if you like, that is a way of transmitting a spiritual teaching. It's a way of getting someone to understand what a spiritual teaching um, is pointing to. Um, that's one example of a spiritual teaching, a, a way of transmitting a teaching that is um, an alternative to formal meditation. Another one is um, the self-inquiry method in the, the Hindu tradition of Advaita Vedanta, which is asking leading questions to understand your true nature. So asking questions like, such as who am I or what am I? Um, you know, the, the very popular sages Ramana Maharshi and um, Nizigatara Maharaj are very um, very famous in, in having these sort of um, leading questions to oneself or promoting these leading questions to oneself to get to um, an end result of maybe awakening. What we find in a lot of indigenous traditions, though, is that storytelling is a way of transmission. Um, in, in the First Nations, people of Australia have a, um, you know, um, have a whole pantheon of um, stories and analogies in, in the dream time, um, in telling stories in the dream time. Um, so storytelling has a huge impact on, <clears throat> on how people can understand reality and understand nature. Um, now, the fact that storytelling um, and... Um, the way that the stories and, and analogy and, and different, you know, um, 
imaginative um, mechanisms are put into these, you know, transmissions from um, different indigenous um, spiritual traditions around the world. The fact that they're maybe more imaginative or more colourful may bring people a bit of doubt as to their efficacy or if they have real insight. But, you know, let's just, you know, not forget that the the Bible is essentially, you know, a book full of analogy. Um, and, you know, we can, I'm not a um, an authority on Christian theology, but I know that a lot in the book is about analogy or is about getting the lesson from the story as opposed to taking each verse and, you know, um, literal, literally, um, although you can read it that way too. You can read the, the Bible word for word. Um, but nonetheless, however you look at the Bible, um, it's a spiritual teaching put in the form or put in the form of um, documented events that have happened, um, or may have, or may not have happened, or may be um, documented um, events to to conf- convey a teaching, to put an analogy across. So we have different forms of. Um, spiritual transmission and they're different in the sense that um, some are quite um, physical in the sense of yoga some may be more introspective um, like meditation so there may be an actioning of or, or a um, um, an activity with the mind um, or maybe you know a, a withdrawal of activity from the mind um, some are more intellectual, like the in the in the Advaita Vedanta Hindu tradition. Um, some are more in you know um, in a, in a literary sense, like the Bible, um, and some are in the sense of storytelling. So I'm really um, I'm really interested in 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 appraising each spiritual and cultural transmission tradition of cultural tra- uh, tradition of transmission in each culture correctly and giving it value and appraising it right because a lot of the times if we don't have authorities from these traditions to to um to actually be there to have to be to have um the represent the right representation of these cultural um um, traditions, then we, we don't really have the full insight of what these stories are conveying, the lessons that they're conveying about human nature, and to pass them off as, you know, just something that is, um, you know, superstitious or something that is just, you know, maybe just traditional or a cultural thing, I think is quite ignorant. So it's very important to acknowledge that spiritual transmission is different from, from different cultures, okay? Um and and on and on moving on from that note um when we're you know when we're talking about different uh different forms of spirituality it's very important to be very sensitive to that fact okay i think in the west um there's a sense of um the west tends to exotify um certain spiritual traditions that it sees fit to Okay, when I say it sees fit to, I mean meaning the ones that it seems um, acceptable to deem as mainstream. So, for instance, if you were to go to a Chinese doctor, you are essentially going to a Chinese shaman um, to define what a shaman is. But talking about someone who's who's 
dealing with things that are metaphysical, that may have physical symptoms, but a metaphysical work. So if a Chinese, you would go to a Chinese doctor, he may say anything ranging between, you know, you know, you have too much wind in your body, too much cold, you need to expel some qi from your, your liver. Um, and he may put some pins, some needles in you to do that, some moxie bush and maybe give you some herbs. If you were to go to, if you were to, go to a, a shaman in the Amazon, he could say that there are different things going on with you that, you know, um, there may be some, you know, some trauma and that and all this or there or um, some past life stuff. I'm not too sure. This is just going off the dome. So I'm, I'm not um, trying to represent uh, or speak on behalf of any, you know, um, spiritual uh, facilitators from the Amazon. But I'm just saying that he may say things to a similar effect, things that you cannot measure or quantify in this time in this in this for what you can see taste touch and smell or even quantify with the um tech the tech the technology you may have around you at that time um but it's still considered shamanism it's still considered you know um something that is not um, a mainstream legitimate um, modality that you can get insurance with, that you can bulk bill, that you can um, you can take a day off work because you've got a letter for. So um, it's very interesting to see that. And the reason why, you know, the Chinese medicine has got the name Chinese medicine in the Western world is because it's, it's legitimized, um, because it's been accepted. So it's very interesting how we can have, you know, um, um, people practicing, you know, um, authentic Chinese and Taoist um, medicine, um, and 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 I would say you know the 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 line between the the internal medicine and, and the shamanism is very blurry once you start to actually understand um, the ways that you know meridians are working. Um, keep in mind a lot of these energy systems overlap and parallel. They may not be identical, say from the Hindu tradition where there's the, the, they look at the chakras, but I know f from my own experience, the Chinese um, meridians and, and the system of qi energy is very, you know, there's a lot of similarities. So it's interesting to see how one aspect is being very much legitimized and another aspect has, you know, maybe not, not so much, or maybe just sort of airy fairy spiritual stuff. Um, when we're talking in, in the very, you know, the very, the most common, Western secular settings um, that where we're having these conversations, um, and another you know another another form of this um, lack of understanding of or lack of appraisal is especially with especially with African spirituality. So I find that you know when we're talking about African spirituality, the ways of transmission may be different. Um, the acknowledgement of ancestors, the 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 inclusion of ancestors, and the appraisal of ancestors in. And, and their role that they have in our reality um, is, is something that I think is very important. And it's a, it's a similarity to a lot of indigenous traditions. But, you know, when you're talking to the average person on the street, you talk about African spirituality, you may, you may hear, maybe they may mention, oh, isn't that what rustas do? So maybe dreadlocks may pop up into someone's mind or witchcraft may pop up into someone's mind, a witch doctor. Um, and, <clears throat> and, you know, although they, they may be some realities of, African spirituality. Um, we are talking about many countries, many spiritual traditions, many ways of transmission here. So those forms of, um, you know, um, storytelling um, and also obviously ceremony is, is a huge one that the role, the psychological role, maybe the subconscious role that ceremony place that has its role in, in transmitting or 
um, you know, having um, an impact on someone's psyche um, have really not been scientifically studied, I don't think, that well um, and appraised correctly. Because if you don't know about something, you can't really understand it. Um, Haven't been appraised that well in the Western world because these indigenous traditions do not need approval or need um, appraisal from the Western world. I'm speaking from the viewpoint of someone in the Western world um, looking to understand these traditions in that particular way or looking to at least get um, a um, a fair appraisal because, you know, my passion is sort of understanding these different um, forms of, of spirituality because I see it happening with, um, you know, Buddhist meditation. It's a big, a bit of a boom, Buddhist meditation. You know, a lot of people think mindfulness is a Buddhist practice, but it's, it's actually, you know, it's an acknowledgement of something that many cultures have um, already acknowledged um, and it pre- actually predates Buddhism. So I just wanted to talk about this, um, on this in this podcast because I think it's an important conversation to have because it's not only talking about um, spirituality, but it's talking about um, inclusion and, and appraising, um, you know, different, uh, cultural traditions, um, correctly. And they can be of use too. This could be very useful. I know that the, the plant medicine, um, is, is having a, a bit of a boom at the moment. Um, and you know, um, the exploration into ayahuasca and, you know, DMT and, and things like that is, is starting to, um, gain some momentum. Um, but I do think, you know, um, taking things out of context um, from its original um, way of transmission is also dangerous too. I do see this with different um, practitioners who, who do, you know, um, different types of energy work and, and ceremonial work um, who I think they, you know, they really have a passion for what they do, but w- without the I think just out of respect, a proper acknowledgement of the te- teachings that they're, they're talking about, but also without a thorough um, a thorough understanding of the tradition, things can be dangerous. Um, for instance, if you're talking about working with not that I'm not in no way have any affiliation or any training in Kundalini practice or tantric practice, but you know if if you're working with couples and and you're you're trying to develop some intimacy, and you're working with sort of this kundalini energy or, or tantric, some sort of tantric practice, without being a very, um, you know, really know what you're talking about and really have your roots in that sort of tradition, you can you can it can be quite dangerous if you're sort of putting forward information about you know opening up to intimacy and opening up different areas of of the body and the emotional areas. If you start you know opening different parts of people's psyche and, and not knowing how to accommodate for that and and support them in that, um, it can open up a lot of doors. It can open up a lot of skeletons in the closet. So I think it's important to, um, if we're going to um, facilitate, you know, whether it's plant-based medicine or it's, you know, um, you know, Kundalini work or anything like that, just to first off, just acknowledge the the cultural traditions of what you're doing just out of respect and also um, ha- takes responsibility because I, I am one who is definitely um, an advocate of comparative study, um, but I'm also not about, um, you know, picking different, you know, um, modalities that I see fit and meshing them together to make my own little thing or what's what I feel I like just out of my own, um, you know, my own sentiment because 
for instance, if you're going to, you know, study something like um, Chinese medicine, you know, or, 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 or acupuncture or, or, or do some sort of herbal work, you have to acknowledge that the diet has a huge way has a huge impact on on what you're prescribing people, so you have to have some insight into the into diet. Um, just as an example, just as if you know that if you're talking about you know um, Kundalini and things like that, you have to have a bit of a knowledge about the the energy systems of what's going on there. So it's just about taking some responsibility. So I hope this hasn't been too much of a rant. I think I might um, wrap it up now, but I hope this has been informative, and um, I'll get back at you guys with some more practical knowledge. Um, and, um, yeah, share my experiences a bit more. Um, feel free to check out realitybasedmindfulness.com.au for more info. Um, and, um, look out for me on, on Anchor and this, this shall be up on SoundCloud also. Um, and also don't forget to check me out on Facebook. All right. Stay present and stay safe. Thank you.